Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 49. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I am your ever-loving host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. Good to see you all. I could say that. I can't really see you, as we know. Uh, you're looking around your car right now, aren't you? Going, can she see me? I cannot. Uh, today is today's episode the 10 effective strategies for dealing with a difficult coworker, friend, or family member. I know this is a long title, uh, but I got a bunch of different questions that all seem to go in the same sort of place. So, you know, should be in the same podcast. And so I wanted to cover, cover it all. Um, basically, what you're going to learn today is my top 10 strategies for getting from stuck and frustrated to satisfied and collaborating in these relationships. And I wanted to read you a couple uh, emails I got. One is from uh, Lisa T. And she says, my mom is making me crazy. She never listens. And I feel like we're having the same fight every time I see her. Help me, Abby. Um, That was actually a message on Facebook, I think. And then uh, I got, but I had a lot like that about saying almost the same thing. Uh, You know, I'm having this person in my life. They're making me nuts. I, every time we're having the same conversation over and over, uh, you know, like Groundhog Day, lather, rinse and rinse and repeat, right? Lather, rinse, repeat over and over again. And people, you know, feeling just sick of it. Uh, I had another one. This is a good one uh, from Rafi L. And he says, I have a coworker who's always a problem. She's defensive and takes over every conversation and project. She won't listen to feedback and it's always a battle. I've tried everything to get her to listen, but nothing works. I have to keep working with her, but she's making my work life miserable. I need to know how to deal with her. Can you help me? 
And again, I just picked this one out. It's, it's very similar to uh, some others of you who have written in these kinds of questions, which is why I labeled today effective strategies for dealing with difficult coworker, friend, or family member. This is the Relationships Made Easy podcast, meaning it's all relationships. I know we focus a lot on our love relationships, and I hope you've already noticed that a lot of what you do in a love relationship, you can translate to work and other places. Um, but I wanted to make this one a little more specific uh, for everybody. And obviously the things I'm going to tell you now, you can use with your partner. <laughs> it's not a problem or your kids. Uh, all of my strategies are usable everywhere. And that's, but I know people sometimes have a particular person in mind and have it hard have a hard time th sort of thinking about how to separate different kinds of people and boundaries and situations and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm going to do it for you today. So let's talk about, I, and I'm going to really jump right in today. There's no reason to, to sit and talk about much else, but it, it's really, this is for any of you out there who just feel like you're often stuck, you're feeling resentful, you get angry, uh, maybe hopeless or helpless because of a way that you're interacting with a certain person. And again, someone you feel like you have to keep interacting with, that could be a parent or, you know, again, a coworker, a boss, anything like that. And really the goal, as far as I'm concerned, is to feel like it's more collaborative, uh, to feel more at ease, like there's just some ease there. It's not always a battle and a fight, um, and you're not kind of stealing yourself for this conversation. And so I've put together my top 10 effective strategies for these kinds of situations, and uh, let's go. Let's get right to it. What are we waiting on? Number one, got to go in with the right intention. So I know I talk about intention a lot or the 18 second shift because it takes about 18 seconds to set intention on average and that's all it takes. I mean, come on folks, who doesn't have 18 seconds? And this is really big. So one of the things I want you to do is, especially when you know you're going to be speaking to this person. So when I know when I'm going to call my mom, I take a minute, I take a minute and I set my intention. I do. Before my clients walk in, I take a sec. I, and it's not even a minute. It's a few seconds. And I set intention. I've shared with you how before I go walk in my home, and before I see my family, I set intention. I just take a few seconds in the car and I set this intention. And it really helps your brain pay attention to how you want to be. And you'll be amazed at how much better things go using this small, simple tool. It has huge impact, even though it's something kind of small. And I would love for you to try it, even if, especially if you don't believe me, especially if you think it's BS. I want you to try it for one week, doing it consistently for one week. And I know, and then write in and let me know come on, or, or you can leave a, a comment below the podcast, however you want to do it. Cause I know this will work. I know it will. Cause it's, I've used it literally with thousands of people over the years and with myself and it works. It's incredibly effective. So here's the deal again, and I'm going to say this again. So you really get this when you're assuming bad things, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm going to remind you of that wonderful part of your brain called your reticular activating system or your RAS for short. I talk about your RAS a lot because it's so, so, so important. And what this is your filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So basically your conscious mind thinks of something. It thinks of something. Oh, I'm about to see Barbara at work. Oh, she's always such a friggin' pain in the ass. I hate this woman. Guess what? So then that 
message to your conscious brain, your conscious thought gets sent as an instruction or an order to your subconscious, look for this woman, for Barbara at work or for Jake or whoever it is, being an asshole. That's what is happening. Being a jerk. You, that message is getting sent and it's going to look for it. Your RIS is on the prowl. Your subconscious is on the move. And what happens, and this is so important, there's a two-part process to this. One is that it'll look to prove you right. That's the self-fulfilling prophecy. So what it'll do, it'll look for examples of let's say Jake, I always use a female, so let's not be so sexist. Um, there's, there's plenty of annoying men at work too. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it'll look for Jake being a jerk to prove you right. And it will, f- and this is almost more important. It will filter out times Jake is not a jerk. It'll filter them out. So you don't even see them. I know you find I and people find some possible like how is that possible? It happens all the time and you know it because it's happened to you. You have talked to somebody and they've said, well, you said this or you meant that or I know what you did. And you're thinking that couldn't be farther from the truth. How on earth did you get that from what I said? I said something completely different. Yeah. That's their RAS. They had decided something. I can't tell you how many times in a when I've done a group or I've been in individual therapy or with a couple, anything, and our family, and they come back later and tell me I said something that is not remotely close to what I said or what I would ever say in a million years. It's because they have some sort of pre-programming and they are filtering out anything I'm saying that doesn't match it. And they're filtering in through this lens, through these colored glasses, these gray colored glasses, and it's becoming gray. So I could say something pretty innocuous or, you know, that's harmless and they'll see it as very toxic or angry or whatever, even though it's not remotely where I was. And you have had this happen to you. You know, you have. So guess what? You do it to other people. Also, you're you're not you don't just have this happen to you. You do it to others. You are filtering through things they say. You are filtering out things, and you are bringing this to you. You are creating your reality. If you're always worried that you know people at work are talking about you, guess what? People at work are going to start talking about you because you're literally going to create that in a, in a way. This is not like the secret. And if you think, you know, if I want a bike, I just have to think about a bike and I get it. That That's not that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actual what's happening in your brain and how this filter works. Okay. So going in with the right intention, what that does is it is it consciously sends something to your subconscious to be on the lookout for the good thing, um, for Jake being amenable at work. It also, when you set that up, that again, it should be your goal. Okay. I want to be clear with your intention. The intention is not that Jake will be a a good listener that you can't control Jake. I know it's hard to hear, isn't it? You can't control anybody, (laughs) but you can control you. And what you can control is how you think about things. So you can say that I'm going to have an intention to be really collaborative, to listen really well, to be patient, to be open, understanding, willing. Do you see all these? These are for you to do. So set and start in going with the right intention. Remember that RAS is, is hard at work to prove you right. So feed it the correct things. Okay. That's number one. Number two, 
the number two way to deal with a difficult uh, coworker, uh, person, situation <laughs> is the mindfulness stuff. So I talk about self-awareness a lot, pretty much every podcast, if you're listening. And the mindfulness, again, is important because if you're practicing mindfulness daily, you'll catch yourself before you get too far down a rabbit hole in negative interactions. And you know you've been there. You, <laughs> you can set that right intention, right? You set the good intention. Abby, I got this. You're right. I'm going to set this great intention. And then you're talking to Jake and boy, he hooks you, Right. You know, like my mother can hook me like no one else. <laughs> Maybe you have a best friend that hooks you. Whoever it is, they get you hooked. They throw the bait out and you bite. And before you know it, you're kind of stuck in some battle with them. Now, if you notice it in the conversation, good for you. Brava, bravo for you. You're allowed to stop, to stop and go, oh my gosh, you know, and, and, admit what just happened. So this has happened to me for sure. And here I am a veritable ninja at this stuff. And I, of course, am human too and get pulled in. And I had a client not that long ago now, a couple weeks ago, I had someone come to see me and he was tough. Um, you know who you are out there. He was really tough. And I found myself sort of in an argument with him and, uh, you know, trying to convince him of something, which is like counselor 101, bad idea. And I'm in this conversation and I noticed it though, thank God, like we weren't too far down. And I stopped, I just stopped talking mid-sentence and I chuckled and I said, wow, <laughs> I said, that was something, huh? And he sort of looked because he was, you know, really in the conversation too. And he says, well, what? What was something? And I said, wow, I got really pulled into that with you. We were just arguing. I, you're good. I don't, I don't normally argue at all. And you really pulled me right in. And he actually, and I was kind of smiling and he actually smiled a little too. And I said, is this remind you of anything? Like, has, do you feel like what we just got into is familiar to you? And he said, yes, that's exactly what happens with my girlfriend. And we ended up in this awesome, awesome conversation. And it was because I was able to be in the here and now and be in the process of that conversation and to say something right there and then. So even I get pulled in and even I can write myself in the moment if I notice. Now, if you don't notice, it's harder to do. Ha ha ha. So being mindful during the day and practicing that is really important. And um, what I mean by that is to uh, practice something where you're reminding yourself to be mindful. Now, I did a, you can read, you know, how to make mindfulness a habit. I'll link to that in the show notes, which will teach you more about this. But I'm also going to give you a free giveaway. Yes. So if you come to this, uh, the podcast page, there'll be a link in the show notes um, for this podcast, episode 49. Uh, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. This will be episode 49. And if you go there, I'm going to have some mindfulness tips for your busy day. Because what happens is we get caught in our busy days. And this is especially when we should be practicing mindfulness. It's very easy to be sitting on a mountaintop and be in the here and now with no distractions. It's very difficult when you're in the middle of your work day or running around with kids or shopping or errands or whatever to remember to be in the moment. And so there's some great things you can put in, little tips you can put in during the day to help yourself. So for example, uh, an easy one, and this will be on your tip sheet, but 
when your phone rings, let's say your, your, or text comes, don't look at it right away. Get in the habit of not picking it right up. Or if you do pick it right up, get in the habit of not responding right away to give yourself a moment to respond and just take a breath. Just take a breath. Take a moment. Okay. And see it and notice, oh, that's my boss. Oh, I'm upset. I'm a little anxious when my boss texts me. And just have that moment of just ease, just pulling back a little bit. We call this metacognition, where you uh, can sort of see yourself doing something. And it's really important so that you act and not react. When you're acting, remember re in the beginning of a word means again. So when you react, it means you're acting again in a way you have in the past. It's just repeating a negative behavior or an old behavior or an old pattern. It might not be negative, but that's what it means. And so instead, you want to act. You want to think in the moment what's appropriate right here, what for this particular thing. Not basing it on the last 20 years of relationship, not basing it on anything else other than this particular interaction. It's very helpful. Uh, So doing something like that, you can monotask once a day. So uh, it will help you be mindful throughout the day. So monotasking could look like if you grab a cup of coffee, everyone drink. I'm the, I'm the only one in the world that doesn't drink coffee. I think if you don't drink coffee, hit me up. Um, <laughs> we'll go out and get a brownie. <laughs> People always ask me for coffee. I'm like, can we meet for food? Uh, but anyway, I digress. So monotasking, let's say you have a cup of coffee. And what you would do is focus completely on that cup of coffee. Don't read the paper. Don't put, don't have your phone near you. Don't even look out back, you know, uh, don't even, I don't know, look out your back window and, and daydream. This isn't, this is about monotasking, meaning the only thing in your life right now is this cup of coffee, which I know a lot of you think anyway. So what you would do is you would hold the mug in your hand. You would feel how warm it is. You would notice, you'd look at the mug, look at the liquid, you you would smell it. You'd feel, you know, how that you sense how that smells and what that does. Probably you'd close your eyes and breathe it in. And again, you'd then put it to your mouth and drink it slowly. Feel it going over your tongue. How does it taste? How does it feel? What's the temperature going down your throat? This is monotasking, not allowing your brain to go anywhere else. And I have to tell you, it's not easy to stay completely focused. You will absolutely start to daydream and just pull yourself back to your cup of coffee. (laughs) Just pull yourself back, pull yourself back. Uh, And so this is a great thing to do. There's a ton of little tips I have like that. And what happens when you start to do them with regularity, again, take some, just take a minute. You don't have to drink your whole cup of coffee this way. Do, Do it for one minute. And what happens as you do these kinds of little things throughout the day is they bring you to the here and now, and it programs that RAS to be more mindful. It starts to remind it to be in the moments. And this will help you when you or stuck or feeling like you're in that conversation again. Because again, if you don't remember to use your tools, you're, you're going to be stuck at square one again. You have to remember in the moments, like I just mentioned with this client who had me hooked into an argument <laughs> in the moment I had to stop, right? And address it. So if you're you know, going to speak to your, your brother and he maybe always seems controlling or angry or judgmental. You want to set that intention before to be open, 
to not, you know, you're not going to read his mind. You're not going to assume you know what he's thinking or feeling. You're going to be very open, uh, non-defensive and willing. And then as you're in that conversation with him and you, you start to perceive that you're being judged or that he's getting controlling, you would notice it and take a breath and just say, nope, nope, no one can control me without my consent. Let me really listen to what's going on here. Let me be in the present in the moment so I don't react, so I can act. And then you'll use some of my other tools. Okay, that I'm going to get into in a minute. But again, if you don't remember to do it, you won't use the tools. I can teach you 100 tools and you won't use them. Okay. Number three effective tool is, again, this, and it's it's related. It's a little different. When you're mindful, so when you get in the moment, take that breath and check in with yourself. Just take a second as they're talking. I know it's a little hard because you're supposed to be paying attention to them, but this takes a few seconds. Are you overreacting? What's really going on here? Where do you feel the tension? Are you noticing that maybe you feel hot or you got sweaty or clammy? Maybe your tummy's upset. Maybe you started to get a headache. Uh, you Or maybe you notice yourself completely zoning out. Completely. You weren't even listening. You were completely somewhere else as soon as this person starts coming at you. You get numb. You shut down. Maybe you notice you're about to fight or that you're already in the argument. You're going at them. And really think to yourself, is this about the current situation or is it, you know, is this about what's happening right now? Or is this based on, again, your history together or what you think is going to happen? And really keep these, these first three are all about uh, the time, the keeping everything in the moment, the being aware of the moment and the having the right intention going into the moment. Okay. So that's those top three. The rest are more kind of what you do. All right. After that. So my next one is your next effective tool is the timing and tone. Is this the right time? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Is it the right time? If... <laughs> I always say that you can often say what you want to say, just not when you want to say it. So have you ever been there going, oh, yeah, I can't wait to this. My boss gets here because I got something to say to her. You know, I'm oh, I'm uh, or, or whatever that is. When we have that kind of righteous anger going on, when we're so right and we can't wait to tell the person, don't. Don't. That is the absolute wrong way to go. That is not going to get you any sort of uh, outcome that you want being so right and going after them. Uh, it, it, it really, remember, I always say correct or effective. Do you want to be correct or effective? Choose effective, please. So 
it's probably not the right time to say something (laughs) and you need to wait a little bit. And so when you wait, of course, when you're in that angry, angry, you know, yeah, I'm going to tell them. And then you just hold it. You wait. You're like, okay. And what I need you to do again is be in that mindfulness of, oh, why am I so upset? That check-in. Why am I trying so hard to be right? What is this reminding me of? Why is this so important to me? What would happen if I let this go? Or what would happen if I talked to them about my feelings about it? What if I went to the person and said, hey, you know, when that thing happened yesterday, I was really upset because I, you know, I didn't feel like you were listening to me. And, you know, we had X outcome from it. And I, I'm wondering how we could have gotten there differently so that both of us felt like it could be a win instead of one of us like beating the other or or competing. Uh, These are all different ways to talk about something that happened. And instead of, you know, I told you so yesterday, this was going to happen and then it did and see, and now I'm right. Because that's not going to set up anything for future collaboration, for wanting to work together. Uh, If the other person is just going to feel resentful and angry, just like you do. Always put yourself in the other person's shoes. Always, always, always think to yourself, how would I feel if someone came at me this way and reminded me about how wrong I was and and gave it to me and really rubbed my nose in it? Uh, it's it's not a good feeling to, to do the happy dance over someone else's misfortune. It really isn't. You might think it is in the moment, and it's not. The I, I call it the I told you so dance. It, there's no need for it. Instead, we want to really figure out what works best to get get together for the next time. Remember, all these conversations you're having right now are building towards a collaborative future. And if you want to keep having that and to stop having all these reactions, you got, you know, you got to start here. Got to start now. Got to start making that better. And I know you can. I have, I have complete, I have complete faith. So timing and tone, that was number four. Number five. Oh, let me go back. Sorry. The reason I say timing and tone is because when you wait to say something to later, if you think about it for a while and then say something later, you will often find that your tone changes. You're not so upset or angry or strident or whatever those things are because you've calmed down and you've thought about it differently and you've actually maybe thought of even a different approach you want to take. Your body language will be different. Your inflection and your voice, everything. And people will accept things better from you from that place than from a different kind of tone. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. Number five, the using the I feel formula. So this is a great strategy. It works so well. And, uh, it, and it's not something I made up. I've, it's been around forever. I don't know who originally thought it up, but here you go. It's basically you sit, you use the I feel. So I feel when you and I need. And I've talked about this in other broadcasts. I'm I'm throwing it in here in this episode because it's really good as a way of dealing with people. So you just have to remember that it's I feel and then you have to say a feeling. Mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, uh, frustrated, resentful, hurt, overwhelmed. Whatever your feeling is has to go in there. A lot of people put a thought in there instead of, you know, Uh, instead of an actual feeling. And that's a problem. So I feel that you should is not the way to do this. (laughs) I feel that when you blah, 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 no, not the way to do this. I feel resentful and angry. And then you say when you, 
And now, now there's the when you, and, and here you want to be very succinct. Do not go into a long, long diatribe of, of a long, complex, convoluted situation. Do not go into a long history of all the times the person has done this, of all the many years of something. It doesn't help. So make sure that you're not using the terms always or never. So uh, I feel angry and frustrated when you always blah, 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 it doesn't get you anywhere because it's never, it's not always, it's never, <laughs> it's not always. And so the person will always think of the time, here I am, always and never, uh, will think of the time that it wasn't true and then they'll discount everything you're saying. So instead, I could say, I feel, you know, uh, angry and resentful when you, whatever it is, uh, uh, interrupt me when I'm speaking, when you don't uh, steamroll me, when you uh, talk to our boss instead of talking to me first, when you uh, don't finish the your part of the project on time and I'm put behind. Do you see where I'm going here? So I feel when you, and then you put in, and I need. Now, I don't always know what I need. I have to tell you, I'm not always so great at this part. So you can just say, I feel when you, and leave it at that and see what the person says. But if you know what you need, you can do that too. And I need for us to sit down and brainstorm this a little bit and figure out how to be better in the future. And I need uh, to know what you're thinking about this. And I need to take a break and I'm going to go wash my face and I'll be back. And I need whatever you need. Okay. So however that is. So I feel when you, and I need, now I want to do want to say that often the other person will try to rope you back into, uh, an unfulfilling conversation with the round and round groundhog day feel. So they might say, uh, you know, they might just react in a very strong, defensive, angry way. Well, oh, so your feelings count, but mine don't. So what, you know, they might do something like that. Or I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. This isn't true at all. I didn't do any of that. And your job is just to to stick to the I feel. And all you can do is just, it's like a mantra. So they can say that, let them wind down, let them go wherever they're going. When you see, when there's a, don't defend, don't anything, just let them go. Just let them go. You'd be surprised what happens when people, when you don't engage. Uh, And then when they're done and you can say, are you done? And then you can say, I'm just saying that I feel angry and defensive myself when you do what you just did and go on and on without listening to me or reacting to what I've said in a constructive way. And I need us to find a constructive way to move forward. And I need to calmly sit and talk about this. And I need blah, blah, blah. And what happens is, you know, it takes two to fight, takes two to tango. So pulling yourself out of it is very, very effective. Here's the best part of the I feel for me, and I I can say for the clients I've talked to about this, is that you feel more in control. Instead of feeling like the conversation got away from you and regretting things you've said, and later on you're going, oh, I should have done this, or I could have said that, or why didn't I do this? It's amazing to feel like when you walk away, even if nothing was resolved, it feels like at least you didn't get pulled into the crazy. And at least the person now knows that you're not going to be a part of that anymore. You're not going to be a part of the round and round anymore. You are now doing it differently. Uh, it's a, it's great. And so even if you think it doesn't quote unquote work in the moment, you'll be surprised if you stick to this, it will 
be effective over time for sure, if not right away. Okay. Number six is another one I talk about a lot, but get into the habit of asking questions first before you make any statements. So I really want you to get into the habit of asking questions before you make a statement. Okay. So I talk about, you know, not sacking. You all know it by now. No suggestions, no offering advice, no criticizing. But just think about any statement you might make. And what if your immediate response when you're dealing with someone difficult is to think of a question to ask them? Think of something that you can say, you can ask to move the conversation forward. Uh, You know, can you tell me more about that? Um, How did you, how did you come to that decision? Can, Can you, Can you talk more about your process of how you got here? Uh, Just remember to avoid why questions because they can put people on the defensive and feel interrogating. So, well, why'd you say it like that? Why were you thinking that? (laughs) You know, my voice changes when I use why. Uh, I love, can you tell me more? If you, when all else fails, that's where I go. Can you tell me more about that? Can you say a little more about how you got to that decision? I, I, I need, to, I want to understand how, what you're thinking. Um, it's very different and it really stops people and they have to really go back and you'll start to notice. Sometimes you'll ask them to tell you more and they just repeat the same thing over and over and you realize there's nothing there. They've got no thought process involved. They're just in total fear brain, fear mode, and you can realize that you don't need to react to that. And you can then ask a different question. So, and say, all right, you know, so, you know, what are you worried will happen if we don't go your way? What, tell me, what, what do you, what are you worried will be the outcome if we don't do the thing you said? Because you do, and you have to be curious. What is, what are they worried about? They're clearly very afraid. What is it that they're afraid of? It might be valid. Now, it doesn't mean that they're, the way they're saying to do things is valid, but their reasoning might be, and maybe together you can come up with a better solution. So it's a great, great thing to get into the habit of asking questions before you do anything else. After you've asked some questions, it's awesome to summarize, and this is number seven, summarize what you've heard. It really helps with that, remember the RAS and things get filtered out or filtered in that aren't really true or <laughs> aren't, aren't really what, what the point is. I love the summarizing. So uh, the classic is what I heard you say is, and you can just say someone. So let me hear if I got this right. You're saying we should do A and B because C will happen. And you know, try to keep it relatively short. But what's wonderful is that then the person can say, oh, no, no, I, no, that's not what I said, or that's not what I meant. And don't argue that. If, if, if they said that's not what I said, you can say, oh, okay, well, it's what I heard. So tell me again, then that's why we're doing this this way. Tell me what you, what you said, tell me again what you said since I missed it. Just own it. Who cares? You don't have to be right about that you heard it and that's how they said it. And when people start arguing these semantics, it makes me insane. <laughs> I, couples will do it right in my office. I even have a mother daughter who comes in, they do it too. Uh, people start arguing about, well, you said it this way. No, I said this. Well, you said that. It, it doesn't help us. It does not help. No one's going to agree on what got said. So let's move forward. Let's figure out what we're saying now. What are we saying right now? And let me make sure I understand and we have an agreement about what you're saying right now. So whatever this thing is that's coming up, 
that's where you want to be. Whatever this difficult situation is with whoever, I don't care. Again, if it's a coworker, your friend, your, you could get, could be your partner, could be your kid. Stop and summarize. So here's what I'm hearing. Tell me if I have this right. What I heard you say is, and, and here, and then go with it, go with what, whatever they say. And if you all agree, great, then you can move on from there. As I mentioned earlier, number eight is, do you want to be correct or effective? So I, I want you to concentrate your energy on problem solving instead of being right. I want you to really think about how do I problem solve in this situation with this person? Again, I ask questions. I summarize. I take that breath. I make sure I'm mindful. I'm noticing my own reactions. I'm doing all these things so that I can really focus on being effective. What's my end game here? How do I want to walk away feeling? How do I want the other person to walk away feeling? How, right? That, that's part of the effective part. So, and I'll tell you, that'll change right away. If a lot of times I'll say that, and I will say that to people, I'll say, well, how did, how did you think I was going to feel when you, I would feel when you said that to me? I've said this in a business situation more than once. There's people listening who, who've worked with me, who know, said, you know, what were you expecting my reaction to be when you said that that way? And 99 times out of a hundred, the person will say, well, oh, well, yeah, I guess you'd be mad. And I'll stop and go, okay, well, was that your goal that I would just be angry and we'd stay in a fight? Like what, what, what's your goal? Well, you know, I guess I want us to come up with a solution. I'm not always saying they're nice about it or open and suddenly get all loving and kumbaya about it, but it changes the energy and it shifts the conversation. And that's what I'm looking for. So uh, I just try to make sure I'm not saying it in a bitchy way myself. Like, well, how do you want me to feel when you said it that way? You know, because sometimes I can go to being righteously right myself. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, really focus on that problem solving and coming to a great collaborative shared solution. Okay. Number nine, <clears throat> make sure you're really listening. Now I know it sounds obvious. You're thinking, uh, duh, Abby, of course I'm really listening. Well, <laughs> if you're thinking about your response, you're not listening. If you're interrupting, you're not listening. If you're zoning out, you're not listening. If you have no response, then you weren't listening. There should be something there, even if it's a feeling response. I need really notice if you're truly listening. A lot of times we're thinking of our own response, you know, and doing all that in our heads. So we're missing half of what's getting said and half of the point. And that'll happen a lot in conversations. I hear it all the time where someone, you know, will argue some point and they'll say something and then you know, the person will come back with their argument and they'll say, well, I just said that I didn't care about the second part. And they didn't hear that part because they were thinking about their response. This happens quite a bit, probably happened to you. So, and I want to say it's really okay to take notes when you talk to someone or to read from notes like bullet points, if you are in a very difficult situation. So I will do that if I'm in something and I've really struggled with someone. Uh, I will 
makes a couple bullet points and I'll have them handy. And I'll say to people, I'm, you know, I'm going to read off. I'm, I have some bullet points I want to make sure I hit when we're talking. So I'm going to read from this piece of paper. Some people get upset about it. Some people don't. I, it's really about me, not them at that point. So if they get upset, I, and usually I ask, I'm like, why does this upset you so much that like, tell me, I, I really want to know. Cause I want to have, I want to make sure what I'm saying to you is respectful and thoughtful and that I can really listen. And the way I can really listen is if I know I have my points kind of written down so I don't forget them. Otherwise I, I get a little anxious and I worry that I'm going to forget and I'm really not listening anymore. And I really want to hear what the person says about that. What are they, what, what is worrying them? And I, <laughs> I always say to people, you can look at my piece of paper. It's not like some secret code about you or something else. These are just my talking points. Um, or I'll say to them, hey, can I take notes as you talk so I can come back to things but listen while you're talking? And I, again, I explain why I'm doing it. Uh, and again, people usually are more than fine with it. Occasionally, I've had people not like it at all because they feel like it depersonalizes things. And I will say you need to be careful of that. You do. That you're not just taking notes the whole time, that you're actually engaged in making eye contact. So you shouldn't be furiously writing down every single thing they say. That's different. But to make a little note like, oh yeah, they, they mentioned this thing at work, you know, to men, to just write a little note, you'll remember, you'll come back. You only need maybe three or four words to write down to remember it. And if you don't, when you come back, it probably wasn't as important as you think it was. <laughs> so again, be careful of intellectualizing and staying in your head too much. But also for some people who get kind of flooded or overwhelmed or get really nervous when they're talking or anxious, this can be a great tool to just sort of write down a couple little things to keep you on track and to know you're going to make your salient points and, and really feel like you can connect and listen because you, you sort of know you have things in a, in a place. It, to me, it's like when I, I keep you know, a little notepad beside my bed. So at night, if I remember something, I write it down really quick so that I can just let it go and go back to sleep. Okay. And then number 10, number 10, we're at the end. The, uh, my number 10 little, uh, fabulous tool is remember that you can both be right. I know I hate this too, but no, Abby, I'm right. No, no, I'm right. I'm right. Well, it is possible for two people or two teams to be 100% correct and 100% responsible and still disagree. I know it sounds crazy, but it is possible. <laughs> and it's because, right, you have different perceptions, different values of what you think is important, different definitions, different ways of thinking. So, Get away from the right and wrong and get into, you know, what are my options? Get into the creativity, get into the brainstorming. It's not just about that, that black and white. Uh, the famous uh, French philosopher Andre Gide said, um, beware of those, see uh, believe in those seeking truth, beware those who find it. I think that's how it goes. Believe in those seeking truth, beware of those who find it. Um, me, you know, right? Meaning that it's really all about thinking of all the options, everything that's out there. If someone says, this is it, this is the only way, there is no other way, uh, unless it's the CEO of the company and, and you feel like you can't say anything, um, and hopefully you could, even with the CEO, uh, you want to be open that, oh, I, you know, this is something I hold dear. 
honesty, maybe honesty. And for someone else, that's not as important as respect or something else. It doesn't mean either of you is wrong. It just means that you don't agree on your values 100%. And so you've got to figure out what else can be true. Where else can you go? What else can happen? Okay, so that's it. You've got your top 10 tips, 10 strategies for dealing with a difficult coworker, friend, or family member. Yes, you've got them all. You can come over again to abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 49 and get my wonderful mindfulness tips for when you're busy. If you're leading a busy life, it's just a little one pager with some great little tips to use to uh, little mindfulness activities you have during the day. And then lastly, I wanted to mention if you haven't yet, why haven't you bought my book yet? Uh, Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing, is uh, a number one uh, Amazon bestselling book. It is awesome. I'm really, really proud of this book. Tons of uh, great information and actionable tips, as always I have. There's a bonus that goes with the book that's uh, free. And you can buy the book on Amazon. I'll link to it in the show notes. And... I think that's it. And you can buy that book even if your partner does do stuff. (laughs) I promise it still works. Okay, that's it, everybody. Have an awesome day and start using these tips. And I please, please email in. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Okay, have a good day, guys. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.